last week, Pastor Travis sent me an article in Christianity Today. It's a current study that was done among Americans and then in particular evangelical Christians in America. And there was a statistic in that article last week that was so relevant to what we've been studying for the last month. I wanted to begin with it this morning. Look on the screen. It says 51% of people who identify themselves as born-again evangelical Christians say they are still dealing with the consequences of a bad decision. 51%. Now, if that statistic is accurate, we are probably this morning majority in the room, evangelical Christians. That means over half of the people in this room, if we got real honest, if we let our church guard down and just got real transparent, would say that I'm currently still dealing with a situation or a circumstance because of a bad decision, a decision where I didn't seek God, a decision where I didn't wait for God to speak and I rushed into something. All month long, we have been in a series together as a church family wrestling with one question. What do you do when you don't know what to do? What do you do when you don't know what to do? When you're at that moment of decision, when you're in this, the, that situation of crisis and, and you need to make a decision and you just don't know what to do, what do you do? How do we avoid that statistic that we began with? How do we keep from having to live with the consequences of bad decisions? And what we've done as a basis in this series is we've used the Old Testament book of Proverbs. If you have your Bible, you can go ahead and turn to Proverbs chapter 3. We're going to be there in just a few moments. But we've been looking in the book of Proverbs and asking God through the book of Proverbs to give us wisdom which we've defined as the ability to see life from God's perspective. We've asked God to give us wisdom when it comes to the practical decisions, the practical choices of everyday life. And we gave you a challenge at the beginning of this month, and I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand this morning. I'm not going to put anybody on the spot, but here was the challenge. Every day this month, read the proverb that corresponds to the day of the month. There are 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. There are 31 days in the month of October. And we've asked you daily to be reading the proverb that goes along with the day of the month. And here's what I want to challenge you to do. I want to challenge you to not let that be a one-month practice of your life. I'll be completely honest with you. Now for <coughs> almost 30 years of my life, that's been the pattern and practice of my, I hadn't been perfect at it, and I've taken months off here and there, but the pattern and practice of my life has been to daily as a part of my devotional time to read the proverb that corresponds to the day of the month. And I'm just telling you, after almost 30 years of that practice, I don't know of anything else I do in my personal walk with God that's impacted my life in a greater way in the day in and day out decisions of life as reading Proverbs daily. And some of you 
have been sharing with me. You've been sending me an email or catching me here in the hallway and saying, man, thank you so much. Man, as I've been reading Proverbs, just like God's been reading my mail, he's been just speaking right into my life. And that's exactly why God gave us the book of Proverbs. And what we've tried to do is give you a framework. There is no magic bullet. There's no secret formula to knowing God's will in a given situation. But what we can do from the book of Proverbs is establish a framework through which we can begin to discern God's voice speaking into our everyday life. And let me encourage you, the longer you walk with Jesus and the more you begin to apply this framework to your life, the easier it becomes to discern God's voice in your life. The more you develop that relationship, the easier that becomes. So what I want to do by way of review as we bring the series to a close is I want to give you these statements again that we've gone over every weekend. Number one, life, life application number one was this. When you don't know what to do, you must turn to what God has said in his word and trust that he knows best. Say the two underlined words with me. Turn and trust. We establish that you can never know God's will apart from God's word. It is impossible to know the will of God apart from the word of God. So we need to daily be in the word. We need to weekly be sitting under the teaching of the word. And we, did, we need to consistently in groups be in fellowship around the word with others if we're going to know what to do and we don't know what to do. Second principle, look at it on the screen. When you don't know what to do, you must seek counsel from those walking with God and honoring, honoring his word. Say the underlined part out loud. Seek counsel. In addition to turning and trusting in the word of God, we must seek counsel from other people in our lives. Here's what we said. Wisdom always seeks counsel because my perspective is always limited and my input is never enough, right? Wisdom seeks counsel. Number three, life application number three. When you don't know what to do, you must be careful to guard your heart. Here's the reality. Your heart and my heart will lie to us, right? If you hadn't figured that out yet, come to that awakening today. You will lie to yourself. And you will tell yourself this is what you need. So we must establish some parameters and boundaries in our life based on God's word to guard our heart and protect us from making those wrong decisions. Here's what that principle teaches us many times. The decision to make the right decision is made before the decision ever comes up. As you build parameters and boundaries in your life based on the Word of God, you protect yourself from being in some of the very situations where you make the wrong decision. So those three principles we've looked at so far, that's where we've come. But there's one final life application that I want to give you to build this framework, this, these four corners, if you will, that provide us this, this, this framework through which we can hear God speak into our lives. Here's the fourth and final one we're going to unpack this morning. I want you to read this one out loud with me. When you don't know what to do, you must have faith that God does and follow him. 
Read the underlined part again. Have faith and follow him. Have faith and follow him. Here's the reality. God has a plan for your life, and it is a good plan. I'll say it again. God has a plan for you. God has a plan for me. And I think all of us would say today, oh, I agree with that. But I want you to hear the last part of it. It's a good plan. It's not just a good plan. <laughs> It's the best possible life you can experience. We tend to think sometimes that God's plan is going to require all this sacrifice and I'm not going to enjoy. Listen, all of life involves sacrifice. Right? It doesn't matter whose plan you choose. There's going to be sacrifice that comes with that. But here's what I want you to understand. God's plan is the very best plan that we can possibly have. Arguably the most famous verses in all of Proverbs are in Proverbs chapter 3. If you know any verses by heart out of the book of Proverbs, you know these two verses. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. How many of you know these verses, right? Yeah, that's what I thought. Most famous verses in all of Proverbs. Let's look at it on the screen. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. You heard those before? Yeah, that's good verses, right? But they're not theory. They're truth. We must move past just thinking God's word is good theory to believing that God's word is truth. Trust in the Lord. Those two little verses... Give us two practices and a promise. I want to unpack the two practices and a promise, and then I want to close the series by answering the big question, all right? There's a big question we hadn't answered yet, and we're going to do that towards the end. But I want to give you the two practices and the promise first. Here's practice number one. Have faith. Have faith. What does he say? Trust in the Lord. What is faith? Faith is a, a difficult concept to define. It's hard to try to give in a sentence what faith is. It's, it's so difficult. There's a story about a missionary named John Patton. John Patton was a missionary who was trying to take the gospel to the unreached people group on the Hebrides Islands. And John Patton, in trying to take the gospel to these people on the Hebrides Islands, decided he would begin by trying to translate the New Testament into their language. And he began the translation process, and he came to a difficulty in the process because he could not find a word in their language for the word faith. He couldn't find anything in this native language that would express the concept of faith as we know it in the Bible. And he was frustrated and praying and asking God for wisdom. And one day while he was sitting in his hut working on the translation, one of the natives came rushing in to his hut and just plopped down in a chair there in his hut. 
And the native said, it feels so good to rest my whole weight on this chair. John Patton said, there it is. Faith is resting your whole weight on God. And that is exactly what the writer of Proverbs is expressing to us in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. And he says it in two ways. He says it positively and he says it negatively. He begins by saying positively, trust in the Lord with all your heart. The word trust here is a word that expresses the feeling of safety and security that is felt when one can rely on someone else. Trust. And then he uses that little three-letter word, all. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. It's an interesting word in the Hebrew language. It means all the whole, meaning I'm to trust God with my whole life. But it also means all, every individual part. I think all of us would say we trust God with our whole life. Where we struggle is trusting Him with Every individual part. We're to have faith. We're to trust God. But then he says it negatively. He says, and do not lean on your own understanding. The word lean here is a word that literally expresses the idea of resting your weight on something. He says, we're to rest our weight on God. We're not to rest our weight on ourselves. Listen, you don't have to have all the answers. We can trust Him. So here's what I want you to do as we begin this last principle. I want you to take a deep breath, all right? You ready? We're going to do it together. One, two, three. Now here's what I want you to hear me say. You can trust God. Whatever you're anxious about, whatever's got you stressed out, whatever's got you worked up, whatever you're in the middle of, whatever is occupying your attention so much that you're having trouble even staying focused on what we're talking about this morning. Here's what he says. You can trust God with that. Now, this is where it gets real. Because here's the question I want you to answer in your own heart. Do you? Do you really trust God with it? We're just going to be honest for a minute, all right? Here's why I'm so consumed with it. Because I don't trust Him. You see, the reason I'm so consumed with whatever that is, the reason I'm so anxious over whatever that is, the reason I'm so worried over whatever that is, because I don't trust Him with it. Because when you trust Him with it, all that goes away. 
Listen to me. He's got it. He doesn't take a day of vacation. He's not shut down for the week, right? He's on the throne. He's sovereign. He's in control. He has your best at heart. He loves you. He is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. He is all-wise. Listen to me. Take a deep breath and trust God. Trust Him. Trust Him. Practice number one, have faith. Practice number two, follow Him. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. Acknowledge is, again, another interesting word in the Hebrew language. It's a word that means to know. But it doesn't simply mean to know about something or to know about someone. It's a word that means to know relationally and experientially. Think about it that way. In all your ways, know Him relationally. In all your ways, know Him experientially. What's he talking about here? He's talking about our fellowship relationship with God. He says, trust Him with all your heart. Don't lean on your own knowledge, wisdom, understanding. In everything you do, pursue Him intimately. Follow Him. The primary way God speaks into our lives is through our relationship with Him. You need to write that down if you didn't. If you miss that, you're going to miss it. If you're focused on these steps and principles, you're going to miss it. The primary way God speaks into our lives is through our relationship with Him. You cannot put your relationship with God over in a Sunday morning box and expect to hear God speak into your life Monday through Saturday. You don't get a microwave version of the will of God on Sunday that will sustain you through the week. It doesn't happen that way. God speaks into our lives through the relationship. And that's where this framework is so important. This idea of turning and trusting in the word and seeking counsel from others and guarding our heart. What is that? Those are simply examples of how we relationally follow him in the everyday situations of our life. And as I build that framework, what I'm really doing is establishing channels of communication in my relationship with God that give Him the liberty to speak into my life when He so chooses. I love the way Eugene Peterson in the message translation of the Bible translates Proverbs 3.6. Look at it on the screen. He says, Listen for God's voice In everything you do, everywhere you go, He's the one who will keep you on track. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. I'm to have faith. I'm to trust God. 
I'm to follow Him. I'm to pursue Him relationally by turning and trusting, by seeking counsel, by guarding my heart. And as I do those things, I'm opening up my life for God to speak into my life. And we've said this over and over again, but it's so important. Listen, there's no shortcut. There's no shortcut. You cannot develop an intimate relationship with God without a daily pursuit of Him. Have faith. Follow Him. That's the two practices. Here's the promise. He will. Now that's a good place to say amen. Say that with me. He will. Say it again. He will. Hey, it's very important that in Proverbs 3, he didn't say he might. Right? I mean, that's very important. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, and he might make your path straight. That totally changes it, right? I mean, it's a different ball game if it says he might. But he did not say he might, did he? No. He said what? He will. Trust in the Lord. Have faith. Acknowledge Him in all your ways. Follow Him. And He will. Listen to me. He will. That is the promise of God. Even when it appears dark, even when there's a Red Sea in front of you and an Egyptian army behind you, and it appears as though all hell is about to break loose. Listen to me. He will. He will. We can trust Him. He will, listen to this, make your paths straight. It's the idea of clearing the path so that passage is made easy. That phrase speaks to two ways He will. He will, number one, lead us. He'll direct us. If we'll take these principles from Proverbs and apply them to our lives, listen to me, God will give direction. He'll lead you. Second word it speaks to is provision. He'll he'll meet our need. Whatever it is you think that you need, God will meet your needs. He will. How do I know that? Because He said so. It's not what I'm telling you. Listen, if I told you that, you can't bank on that. I can't deliver on that promise, but the one who said it can. He will. He will. Have faith. Follow him. He will. I am not to be consumed with knowing God's will. I am to be consumed with knowing God. And as I become consumed with knowing God, He accomplishes His will through my life. So there are the four principles. There's the framework. But there's a big question left on the table. Ready for the big question? How can I know 
that I've heard from God? Those is a big question. I think it's just my opinion, all right? This isn't in the Bible. It's my opinion. I think the most abused phrase in Christianity is people that say, well, God told me, or God's leading me. Now, I'm not saying we can't say that. I am saying, you better say that carefully. You see, a lot of times we throw that phrase around to justify our actions. I mean, when you start the sentence with that, what's somebody going to say, right? I mean... The only response you got is, uh-uh. I mean, what? well, God told me. It's like laying that card on the table that nobody can say anything now. Well, I mean, if you say anything now, you're questioning God, right? I mean, what can I say? We'll say it to justify our actions. Sometimes we say it to manipulate people onto our agenda. Sometimes we say it to make our decision sound more spiritual than it really is. How do you know you've heard from God? There's a verse in the New Testament, one of Paul's letters, that really helped me understand and answer this question a lot. It's in Romans chapter 10, verse 17. I want to put it up on the screen. This verse deeply impacted my life in this arena. It says, So faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of Christ. Let me tell you what that verse says. Until you've heard God clearly, it's not faith. You ever heard anybody say, well, I'm not real sure. But this seems to be an open door, so I'm just going to step out in. That is not faith. That is foolishness. Because let me tell you what it is. It's presumption on God. And that is a dangerous way to live your life. Jonah had an open door to go to Tarshish. But it wasn't where God wanted him to go. Go read the story of Jonah. You'll find that. God wanted him in Nineveh, but there was an open door to go somewhere. Listen, if you're looking for an open door, the enemy will give you one. It must be God speaking into my life. Only The Bible said faith comes from what? Hearing. It's not faith until I hear. Now, that doesn't mean when God speaks, He gives us all the information. But here's what it does mean. When God speaks, we know God has spoken. And we're not sure maybe about step number three, but we are for sure about what step number one is. 
So it is imperative that we be able to answer this question. How can I know that I've heard from God? Because until I've heard from God, it's not faith. And we don't need to live our lives in presumption on God. We don't need to live our lives foolishly. We need to live our lives in response to God speaking into our lives. And we've all done it. We've all said, well, I'm not real sure, so I'm going to step out in faith. That is not faith. When God speaks, then we respond and step out in faith. So how do we know that God has spoken? Let me give you two guiding factors. Two guiding factors. You're going to want to write these down as you apply them to your life in your personal daily walk. Here's the first. The consistency factor. And here's the way you define that. God never contradicts himself. God will never speak into your life in contradiction to his word. You see how all these go together? What's a life application number one? Turn and trust. We've got to turn to God's word and trust that he knows best. That's why this is so important daily and weekly and consistently. It's so important that I'm building boundaries in my life based on the Word of God. Why? Because God will never contradict Himself. If you think for one second that God is speaking something into your life and it clearly is contradicted in the Word of God, you've not heard God speak. Listen to this quote by Clyde Cranford. It's in his book that I've recommended to you a lot of times because we love him. Look at this quote. Many questions we have concerning God's will are answered for us clearly in his word. Then we need look no further. God will never contradict through any other means what he has already revealed. Therefore, it is incumbent upon us to know his word. If you're about to make a decision and you know the Bible says one thing, but you're convinced God's telling you something else, listen to me. You have believed a lie. So much so, let me show you two things in Proverbs. When God's word is clear, you don't have to seek counsel. Let me show you. Look at Proverbs chapter 21, verse 30. There is no wisdom and no understanding and no counsel against the Lord. When God has spoken clearly, you don't have to go get counsel. When, when the Word of God in black and white specifically spells out the will of God, you don't have to ask counsel from anybody. This is so important and so much a principle of God's word. When God's word is clear, not only do you not have to seek counsel, you don't even have to pray about it. Let me show it to you. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 9. I love the way the message says it, so look at it in the message. Proverbs 28, 9. God has no use for the prayers of people who won't listen to him. Wow. I mean, just for a second, 
Try to put yourself in God's perspective. When he's given you something very clear, and then you come and ask him if it's okay. Proverbs says God has no use for the prayers of people that won't listen to him. It means you're wasting your time praying about it. God's not listening. He pays no attention to that. He's already given you an answer. You're asking him a question. He's already answered. The consistency factor. I said this earlier on in the series. I want to repeat it here because it's so important in talking about this point. You and I have heard people, maybe we've even said it ourselves. I know the Bible says, but. Listen to me. You can fill in the blank in that sentence with whatever you want to. And I'm speaking to you right now from the broken heart of a pastor who has sat in appointment after appointment with people who chose to do something opposite of what God said, and now they're there trying to put the mess back together. I'm telling you, if you say, I know the Bible says, but whatever you fill the blank in with is a lie from the pit of hell. It's a lie. And you need to know, you are believing a lie. And I am not worth my salt to you as a pastor if I don't tell you the truth. And the book of Proverbs gives us a very clear warning, and I want you to see it in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 1. Look at it on the screen. A man who hardens his neck after much reproof will suddenly be broken beyond remedy. The word speaks... Counsel speaks, boundaries and guardrails, you've stepped past. Here's what it says. When you step past clearly what the Word says, and you step past clearly what godly counsel would speak into your life, and you step past clearly those guardrails and boundaries in your life over and over and over again, here's what the Word of God says. You're going to get broken beyond remedy. Now, that's not a punishing thing. Let me tell you what that is. God loves you too much to let you stay there. God doesn't punish us. He pursues us. But that pursuit can be very uncomfortable. Let me show, let me show you that verse again in the message translation. Look at this. For people who hate discipline and only get more stubborn, There'll come a day when life tumbles in and they break, but by then it'll be too late to help them. What's been done has been done. Doesn't mean I can't come to a place of repentance and be back walking with God, but you can't undo the consequences of those decisions that you make when you walk past the clear counsel of God. Can't undo it. Can't undo it. There's a consistency factor. God never contradicts himself. There's a, there's a second factor. It's what I call the clarity factor. God is not the author of confusion. 
The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, that very thing, for God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. The word confusion here is a, is a word, it comes from a root Greek word that means unstable or uncertain. Here's the point. When God speaks, it's clear. I challenge you. You study Genesis to Revelation. You read through the Bible all the times God spoke into people's lives. Two things were always there. They knew it was God. They knew what He said. They didn't always like what He said. They didn't always want to do what He said. But you study it yourself. They knew it was God. They knew what He said. There's a clarity factor. How do I know God's spoken? Listen, because when God speaks, it's clear. You say, well, it's not true in my life right now. It's not clear. (laughs) Then he's spoken clearly. If it's not clear, here's what he's saying. Wait. Pursue. Timing is right. I will show you. And we don't like that because we're in a hurry. And we think, well, if I don't make this decision, this opportunity is going to pass me by. What an insult to a sovereign God. Listen, we may be in a hurry, but listen to me. God is never in a hurry. He's never in a hurry. He's always on time. He's never rushed. If it's not clear, God hadn't spoken. If it's not clear, He's inviting you to pursue Him. You see, God brought me to Himself to be with Him. Not to do stuff for Him. And God is as concerned with what He's doing in me as He is through me. He's drawing me to Himself. So (coughs) that situation and circumstance in your life, Where you really need God to speak. God's allowed that in your life. To draw you more intimately to himself. That you can know him more. Trust him more. Pursue him more. And listen to me. In his timing. He will. Now, don't hear me lay this out to you like I got this perfected, all right? I battle just like you do. I want to, God, I need an answer, but I need it yesterday, right? We got to make a decision here. We need to move. Let me tell you something. Every time in my life, every time without exception, that I didn't wait on God, I've lived to regret that decision. Every time. The consistency factor. 
the clarity factor. When God speaks, it will be consistent with his word. When God speaks, it will be clear. It will be clear. Look at what Henry Blackaby said in the great study, Experiencing God. He said, if you do not have clear instructions from God in a matter, pray and wait. Learn patience. Depend on God's timing. His timing is always right and best. Don't get in a hurry. He may be withholding directions to cause you to seek Him more intently. Don't try to skip over the relationship to get on with doing. God is more interested in a love relationship with you than He is in what you can do for Him. What do you do when you don't know what to do? Turn and trust. Seek counsel. Guard your heart. Have faith. Follow Him. In the seat pocket in front of you, we've given everybody today a gift. It's a little bookmark that you can use in your Bible, in your devotional books. It just has those four principles on it. Turn and trust. Seek counsel. Guard your heart. Have faith and follow. We want everybody to take that home with you. Put that somewhere where you can take these principles and apply them to your life. On the other side, it has that question. What do you do when you don't know what to do? Now, let me close by giving you a personal application of how I take this and apply it to my life. All right, now listen, again, I want to be very clear because I know when I say something, you take it to heart. This is my application of these principles, all right? This is not the law of the Medes and the Persians. This is my application of these principles, all right? You have to take these principles and apply them to your life. When I'm at a place in my life, I don't know what to do. I take these principles and I look for three things to all line up and point in the same direction. And when they do, I believe I can say I've heard clearly from God. I want to give them to you. Number one, I look for a word from the word. It's that idea of turn and trust. When I say a word from the word, it's, it's through the regular routine of my daily in the word, weekly under the word, consistently around the word with others. I'm looking for God to speak. I'm not talking about I need a word so I go get to the Bible and I open it up and I just read Do I find something that fits what I want to say. I'm talking about regular routine of my time with God. God speaks a word from the word. But I don't make a decision on that by itself because I know I can read things into the Bible when I really want to. Number two, circumstances and counsel. I seek counsel. And I let that godly counsel evaluate the circumstances and situations and opportunities in my life. And when I get a word from the word and circumstances and counsel line up and begin to point in the same direction, I believe I'm real close to having heard from God. But there's a third thing I look for. And these don't always come in the same order, okay? Here's the third thing. A sense of peace or rightness. I define it like this. The absence of a check in my spirit. As I guard my heart, as I protect my heart from the things in this world, it enables me to be able to walk <coughs> in a sensitive way to the Holy Spirit of God. You cannot have peace from God and a check in your spirit at the same time. Every time in my life I have stepped over a check in my spirit, I have lived to regret it. Now, again, I don't make a decision on any one of those three things by themselves. But when they all line up and point in the same direction, I believe then I can have faith, 
and follow him because he had spoken clearly. Turn and trust. Seek counsel. Guard your heart. Have faith and follow him. That's what you do when you don't know what 